We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, Broncos country. It is the old switcheroo again. Uh, Going to switch up uh, the Wednesday night with the orange and blue view coming at you instead of Mile High Insiders. And Mile High Insiders will be here on Saturday. So a little scheduling changes uh, just because we have some hosts that needed to move things around. But here we are. It's uh, Ron White and myself, Thomas Hall. And we are coming at you tonight talking a little bit about Broncos country and some goings on, and hopefully uh, get into the safety position and a little bit of Kareem Jackson talk. Anyway, how are you doing uh, tonight, Ron? I'm doing well, Thomas. Uh, All right. Weather's nice here in in Georgia, in Atlanta, and I'm ready to talk about safety position. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we had the draft, and we've, we've kind of exhausted a little bit of that. I mean, we've talked a lot about the draft, but if you have any questions about the prospects, make, make sure you hit us up. And uh, we'll talk about anything you want tonight. Just jump, drop it into the live chat and uh, we'll go for it. Let's see if we have, uh, we have the other streams that we haven't brought in yet. I'll bring them in now. Sorry about that. It's a little late. And uh, all right. We are live on all the channels now, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. All right. Uh, well, so there were some rumors before the draft, you know, back a little bit, about two, well, six, seven days ago, I think uh, Kel, Kelberman from uh, Mile High Huddle wrote up an article about it. They, they actually, the Broncos actually offered a, a contract, the rumor is they offered a contract to Kareem Jackson to come back. That was before the uh, the draft. And then we watched them draft a six-round safety. They also brought in some undrafted free agents. Ron, tell, tell me, how are you feeling about Kareem Jackson in general and whether or not having him come back is, is a benefit or not a benefit? And then we'll jump into the chat, see some questions, and, and uh, say hello to some folks. Yes, Kareem Jackson, you know, he, he's, he's a try-hard guy. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's a good tackler. He's, he'll bring that veteran presence, that leadership that the team is needing especially at the safety position. Um, you know, when he first came to Denver, um, he, he was good. I was a great uh, Kareem Jackson fan. But you can tell over the past few seasons, Thomas, he, he's lost a step. He's actually lost a couple steps. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, I, again, I, I see why they're considering bringing him back just because 
you know, to, to solidify the, the experience and the leadership on, on the team. But I'm a big fan of starting your younger players, right? You draft a jail skinner. We have Caden Stearns. Now, I know part of the concern also could be that Caden Stearns hasn't really seen as much field time just because he's injury prone as well, right? So, you know, maybe having that veteran presence, that guy that's known to be out on the field and available and Kareem Jackson can can help the team. And I think that's why they're they're looking to, to resigning him. But I, I like Caden Stearns. And as Peyton mentioned, Caden Stearns does have starter traits. I mean, we saw the athleticism and the physicality when he was out in the field. And that's a big upgrade on Kareem Jackson, for sure. sure. Um, but again, I, I see them, you know, looking at this more from a, we're not sure what we're going to do with, you know, we're not sure how Caden Stearns is going to bounce back from injury and then still trying to get JL Skinner within the fold. And I know JL Skinner will probably be on there for special teams and such, but that that's how I see it. Yeah, and you know the the thing of it was when they offered him this contract was before the draft. They only had four safeties on the roster, so things have changed since then. So, you know that the, those are things we're going to talk about tonight. Those, you know, what's changed, why why we should have a different outlook, and whether or not we should, you know, the Broncos should really bring the, you know, a veteran safety back into the fold with who they have on the roster now, which makes it does make a bit of a difference. But before we do, we're gonna. Say hello to our guy, Dylan Von Arks, who with Mile High Huddle, uh, saying, what's up, Broncos country? Make sure you hit the like button on the way in, share on all platforms, and subscribe if you haven't already. So please do. Thank you very much for that, Dylan. Thanks for being here and supporting uh, supporting us while we're in the show. And we've got David McGillrath coming in with a super chat. Thank you so much, saying good evening, Broncos country. Luke, Tom, Dylan, and Deacon Scott, Mile High Huddle for life. Buckham times three and Denver Broncos for life thank you for the support david we really really appreciate that and uh, as always you know we we love seeing you here in the chat and answering your questions and having that dialogue so thank you very much yeah. we got james richards richard coming in with a super chat as well thank you so much thank you for the support and he's saying i'm hoping and yet confident we got a steal with jaleel mclaughlin going running back already we're talking about safeties we're already talking about running backs uh, yeah, and and he says even at the very least special teams, watch his highlights if you haven't. Yeah, I mean you can jump in here, Ron, if you want. I, you know, it's an undrafted guy out of Youngstown State. You know, kind of one of those uh, smaller, uh, but you know, kind of high impact, so to speak, players. You know, when he was in college. So yeah, he didn't make it through the draft. You know, didn't get drafted. Made it through. Broncos convinced him to um, come on as an undrafted free agent, uh, rookie free agent. We'll see how it goes. You know, the, the the nice thing about it is, you know, they, they are bringing in some bodies into the running back position, which was another thin position. Like I mentioned, there was only four safeties on the roster. So we started, we wanted to talk about Kareem Jackson before the draft, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the running back room is a little thin as well. I know that they they signed uh, Perrine and they, they decided, you know, he's the starter while Javante Williams comes back. And I've said it a million times. We never know what Javante uh, Williams is going to be like after that serious injury. So bringing in another running back was a good idea. They didn't draft one, so they brought uh, undrafted free agent. So we'll see how it goes. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch these young guys compete. Yes, thank you again, James Richard, for your comment. Much appreciated. And yeah, Jaleel McLaughlin is 
a very dynamic and intriguing player. Um, he's very explosive. I've seen I've seen the highlights. I've seen the film, and he, he's definitely good. I believe at Youngstown State, he rushed for I think over three thousand yards in three years. Um, finished his college career with about nine thousand rushing yards total. Um, so yeah, he's very dynamic. And I know also at uh, Youngstown State's pro day, he turned a lot of heads. Um, so I'm glad we were able to to get to to bring him on. And you're right, Thomas. It does leave you know, with Murray now being signed by the Bills, you know, that running back room is still up for grabs. We, we don't know, as you mentioned, Javante Williams coming back. We don't know when he's going to come back. Again, they seem still high and confident that it will be at the beginning of the season. I highly doubt it. And then when he does come back, what is he going to look like post-injury? Um, so, Again, any means necessary to shore up that running back room. Um, and a person like Jaleel McLaughlin can help do that. Um, we know with P. Ryan, he's that bruiser. Um, but, yeah, we, we'll, we'll have to see how that shakes out. If they're going to sign another one, you know, we, we'll, we'll just have to see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and you know the 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 young the smaller guys, uh, you know, coming in the 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 dynamic running backs who can catch uh, passes out of the backfield. You know, it's going to bring Darren Sproles comparisons up. You know, Sean Payton had him uh, in New Orleans, a very dynamic kind of change of pace guy, good rece- receiver out of the backfield. So you know, you're going to get those comparisons, and 
who knows? I mean, Sean Payton may uh, be able to make something out of him. You, you never know. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I hope all these young guys stick, but you know, the chances of them all sticking on the roster are pretty slim. And, you know, that has to do also with uh, when we talk, talk about safeties, right? I mean, I, <laughs> I'm going to change the subject back. I'm sorry, back to safeties, but my, my issue with, with it is, is, you know, the, <laughs> We 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 watched him draft Skinner in the sixth round, and I think he was drafted later than he should have been. So don't don't get me wrong. I like I like uh, Skinner. I think he's a, a, a you know kind of a steal of the draft, so to speak. But you know when you start looking at safeties in the sixth round, you know the numbers show that they they don't really become impact players. You know, it's only about fifteen uh, percent of them over the last uh, decade or so have actually became starters in the league. So he can't, you know, jump on the fact, oh, he's going to be this dynamic player. Now, I do like him, and I think, yeah, I think he was uh, drafted late again. So he's going to have more potential. But the other thing that you have to think about is they've got five safeties on the roster. And over the uh, over that same time period, if you didn't, you know, if safety doesn't become a, an impact player or doesn't become a starter, their average is about just over three and a half years staying in the league. And over that time, there's about about uh, 28% of them only lasted two years. So th- there is some concern for me. They still have some young safeties on the roster, right? I know we got Justin Simmons. You know, he's he's an impact player, right? He's a good player. Uh, and then from there, it's a little bit of a question marks. I like Caden Stearns too. But again, you know, he still has to prove himself. I like P.J. Locke. He has to prove himself. I actually liked DeLaren Turner Yell coming out. He has to prove himself. Now you got Skinner, and then they also got a couple free, you know, undrafted free agents that that can play safety. And then there's also the option of the cornerback that they drafted there that um, could also maybe play a little. He was projected to play a little free safety. So there is some, there are some options, but all of them besides Justin Simmons are still unproven. So I can understand why they are looking to bring Kareem Jackson back. One, he has great leadership skills. You know, he's a. I talked with Justin Simmons uh, last summer. He talked about Kareem Jackson being one of those leaders that helped him in his, uh, you know, his progress to becoming what he is today. So, and becoming a leader. So that's always good. But at the same time, he's this is a 14 year vet who's definitely, definitely saw the decline. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to come to an agreement, but it is, it is wise to have some of those veteran leaders on the team. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, J- Jackson does definitely provide that veteran uh, leadership, that, that experience. And he, you're right on J.L. Skinner, where he, you know, if it weren't for that uh, torn peck, right, he he can go way earlier. Um, we, yeah. we saw the, the, the film, and again, I think Luke got me real hype on <laughs> <laughs> on our last episode. Yeah. Because um, again, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of them drafting it, but now that I'm watching more highlights, this this dude is a ball hawk. So I am very excited with JL Skinner. And, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, if they do sign Kareem Jackson back, it's going to be like another one year deal. Um, and I see in that time frame, you know, again, that transition of, you know, the torch or that passing of the torch to the Caden Stearns and or the JL Skinner. Um, I, we have Mike S coming in here, which <laughs> I think this is an interesting comment. Speaking of safeties here with Jackson. Thank you, Mike S. He says, I don't think we should bring back Jackson as a player, but maybe as a coach. 
that that's that's definitely an interesting take and uh, again that you know depending on you know how Peyton and, and the staff sees Jackson moving forward that 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 could definitely be a possibility he, he does have those traits that can be teachable and that can help the team um you know just from a traits perspective so that that could definitely be a possibility but again I, I think just for this one year, I can see them maybe bringing him back just to, again, pass the torch. Um, you know, he obviously with the effort that he brings, um, he he hypes the team up for sure. So I can definitely see him coming back just, just for that alone. Yeah, I mean, it, it, from my perspective, though, you got to think about when you when you're going to go to that, you bring you could bring him in you know, you don't want to bring him as a camp body. He's a veteran, you know, he's played a long time, but when you come down to that final, uh, you know, 53 man roster and you say, say there's no injuries to the safety group, right? Are you going to want to keep Kareem Jackson over some of these other young guys who, who look promising that, and that's where I kind of go, do they really need to sign him? Yes. He's a leader, right? I, I, I don't think they're going to bring him in as a coach. It would be interesting down the road maybe, but if, when you come down to, are you going to, do you want to sacrifice the people like Stearns and PJ Locke and, and Skinner to have, you know, an aging vet just kind of, you know, filling out the roster for that last year or two that he, he can make it in the league. Right. I, I don't know. To me, it's like, yeah, if I wanted to bring somebody in to, to give more depth as they go through training camp and they, they go, I would think about a younger guy that, you know, you're not, I don't know. I mean, I, it's to me, I mean, you're going to bring him in as a vet minimum and then you're going to end up cutting him at the end, probably if there's no injuries, because you're going to make that decision to, to go with the youth. So, and that's the same decision they're going to have to make with Justin Simmons pretty soon. You know, as he comes up on his his unrestricted free agency, are you going? Are you willing to keep K Jack? And you're willing to keep? You know, you're going to keep Simmons, but you know, down the road, you're going to sacrifice these young guys' development when you can. You hopefully can develop them. So. I have I have my doubts that they're going to bring him in now just because they have a couple young guys, but they may because he is a leader and that, and that's always always very relevant and important to the team. We've got Phil McLaughlin coming in. Hey Phil, how you doing? Uh, coming in from Facebook. It's great to see you. Saying good morning or good evening, Thomas, Ron, and Deacon Scott. I was reading that there is a mini camp next week, and Peyton is having some vets like. Uh, Jock Patrick and Trent Harris. I think something this is something new having vets at rookie minicamp. Buckham go Broncos. Yeah, I didn't hear that. That's interesting. I, I'm Ron. Did you hear about that? That they're bringing in some vets to the rookie camp? Yeah, I, I well, about the vets, but I, you know, I, I know, no, I, I didn't hear about that one, Phil. Huh. Well, it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, coming into they are doing the mini camp. They did announce that they're going to start that mini camp, right? They uh, they did the the weightlifting thing, getting conditioned. They're not, they're kind of uh, foregone the the uh, that you know little off season camp that they do, and, and no team organized really activities as far as getting on the field, but you know working out conditioning. Now they are going to have the camp, and that's coming up. I did not know that they were going to invite some uh, some vets to the minicamp, which is cool. I think it's great. I mean, the Broncos need to to change it up, right? They've been doing kind of the same thing over the last few years and, and losing. So you know, anything that kind of freshens it up, changes a little bit, that's great. Uh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, sorry, I didn't uh, I didn't hear about the, these two vets coming in, but it will be interesting to uh, to see how this develops. You know, with Sean Payton's new approach, new perspective. 
it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Phil, clarify. Is, I think I did hear about them bringing in some players from the XFL. And I'm not sure if yes. these, these are those players. But yeah, if, if you know if someone wants to clarify that in the chat or look on that, that'll be great. But, but yeah, yes. Howie freaking day coming in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's a great, a great name uh, coming from Facebook saying, Hey fellas with this defense, how does our offense play RPO style? What do you think, Ron? It's, I, I think with this defense, there's going to be, thank you, Howie, again, <laughs> for your question. I'm much appreciated. And I think it's going to be some RPO in this offense, but expect a heavy dose of run it's going to be run first run heavy run often um and that will be design runs for russell wilson of course with p ryan for sure um, but it's going to be a ground attack for sure for this for this denver offense i i think sean payton's goal is to wear down the defense um with all of these schemes that are mostly just running plays and then in those situations have Russell Wilson drop back and, and do his magic and there, there will be a consistent passing game as well. But I, I see it more, some of the RPO styles, some of those concepts in, in play, but mostly just ground attacking, um, wearing that defense out. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to be as run heavy as everybody's hoping for. They are going to do a lot of run first type, uh, type plays in order to get that passing game opened up, I think, but I don't really want, uh, the you know multi-million dollar quarterback out there running RPO all the time. I, I just don't. I don't think they should sacrifice you know his uh, some a few plays to injury. I do think they need to be a little more creative with with Russell Wilson than they were uh, than than last year, where he's you know trying to drop back. I, I think they're going to get him moving a little bit more, some rollouts and things like that. I, I don't know about the RPO. I hope not. I mean, a little bit of element in there, but. Yeah, I think you're right, Ron. Set up the pass with the run a little bit more, just back like they used to do, you know, back in you know with Mike Shanahan, where the it was run first, but you know they always had the they had Elway or Plummer or whoever out on the move a little bit more. Uh, you get that get those uh, defenders sucked into the run and then and then hit them with the the pass. But yeah, I, you know, I I just looked it up and you guys are right. I I didn't know that they were invited to the rookie mini camp. I thought they were invited to just the the regular mini camp. But yeah, the two XFL kind of standouts the uh the running back and the and the outside linebacker that rusher that's that uh i think led the league in uh, xfl league in sacks i think they're coming to the minicamp so that, that's interesting yeah the the rookie minicamp which i did not i did not know i thought it was the regular minicamp so that's interesting uh gonna get them in there and get them started uh right away so that, that's great uh, i look forward to it man i look forward to the competition and and hopefully some of these uh these people that you know, developed a little in the XFL can come in and, and do something in the NFL because that's what that league's all about, right? Development over the spring, get people in. I used to love watching, you know, the World Football League or it turned into NFL Europe because a lot of those guys were, you know, were people that the Broncos or or other teams had had on their roster and they sent them over to develop in NFL Europe. And hopefully this XFL will be be similar if if it sticks around. I, I'm hoping it will. But uh, yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I'm looking as well with, with Trent Harris going back to Phil's comment, and I think Trent Harris got some praise from our former, <laughs> our former DC and Wade Phillips. 
Um, yes. You know, that he, he's a he's a great edge, um, and he can come in in certain packages and help rush the passer and be good for special teams. So that's that's getting high praise right there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just want to say, uh, hey, hello to Carol coming in, saying good evening, Broncos country. Hello, Carol. Uh, appreciate you coming in here. And then uh, William's also, William Contalano's in here with a, uh, a question. Just watch a video on Jackson Mahomes and Antonio Brown. It's sad that those two have become. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate that those uh, those guys have uh, have uh, kind of gone down, down the wrong path. But th- thank you for coming in, William. Really appreciate it. Got Michaela. Obviously coming in, she's uh, one of the uh, the regulars of my high huddle. So thank you for being here saying good evening, guys. Appreciate it. And saying Kareem is a liability. That is a strong opinion, uh, Michaela, but I think you're right. He has lost a few steps. Uh, and last year, it wasn't just the, you know, ever, it seemed like a lot of the other defenders were were doing pretty well under Evro's scheme and and. Jackson was not his old self. He's still a, a solid hitter, but you know, and good in run support. But his coverage was lacking last year. So I, I think you're right, Michaela. He he was a little bit of a liability in coverage. And I, you know, in this day and age, in the passing, uh, the passing game, the way it is, you've you've got to have safeties that can cover, not just support the run. And the the run supporters have kind of gone by the wayside, in my opinion. Yes. Thank you, Michaela, for this comment. And I 100% agree. <laughs> a big liability. Um, and you hit the nail right on the head, Thomas, in coverage. You, you know, in run support, he's he's good. He's solid. Um, you know, he he's a sure hitter and a tackler. But on those passing plays, you, you hold your breath just because you you, you don't know what you're going to get. It's, it's a step too slow. Um, he's not lined up correctly. You know, there, there's so many different factors going on in those passing plays. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm not the biggest fan of re-signing him because, you know, you, you can't be slow with your step. You know, you, you have to make sure in coverage that, that you, that you hold up your end. And I have this feeling we've seen with Caden Stearns and the tape I've seen with Skinner they definitely have that athleticism and physicality to hold up their in coverage. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I, when I had uh, Carl Mecklenburg on uh, legends of my high, I asked him, you know, was he, did he regret retiring when he did? Cause only a couple of years later, the Broncos went to want to win the Super Bowl and something that he'd been there three times and hadn't done. So I asked him that question. And he was like, no, I, I lost a step, right. I knew that I was one step too slow and it was time for for me to retire is basically what he said. And uh, so, you know, you got to understand if you can't do the job, if you can't get there on time in order to make that play and you're, you're becoming a, you know, you're like Michaela says, you're becoming a liability to the team on defense. It is time, you know, it's time to hang them up. And and sometimes it's hard for players to realize that. And, and sometimes you have to do some self reflection and realize that, yeah, I, I just can't cover the way I used to. And it's time for me to, to, to pack it in. And, and, and really he prolonged his career by switching to safety, right? He was a cornerback switched to safety because he, you know, he wasn't quite there every, every time on the cornerback side and he switched to safety, prolonged his career. So yeah, maybe it is time that, that he uh, packs it in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I got a question here uh, coming back in from Howie freaking day, uh, which I love. I love that name. Howie freaking day. I've never heard that before. It's great. Thanks for coming in. But he's, he's asking without injury, who gets the most sacks this year for the Broncos? What do you think, Ron? Ooh, this is a good question. Howie. <laughs> um, I'm, <laughs> I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Let you think about it. I'll jump in. I think it's Randy Gregory. It's Randy Gregory for me. If if no one's injured, but I just don't trust him to stay on the field. See, so yeah, I'm. I was thinking Baron Browning, but I would say more strip sacks, ball out, because you know that's more Randy Gregory style. I would say Randy Gregory on that front. But yeah, I was thinking more sacks, and then it could be. Yeah, I'll, I'll still go with Brownie. That that's just my guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you strip the ball; it's still considered a, a sack, right? I mean, you strip sack is still considered sack. But yeah, it, it's got to be ran. It has to be Randy Gregory, really. If everybody stays healthy, he was brought in to be the impact player as an edge rusher, and he was just out too much. When he was on the field, he created some great plays. I, I, you know, strip sacks, sacks. I think he's an impactful player. His problem is he can't stay on the field, but the 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 caveat here is without injury. So yeah. I'm going with Randy Gregory without injury. If you take in the injury into consideration and who's going to be out on the field the most, I'm going with Zach Allen. I think Zach Allen will lead the team in sacks because he can stay healthy and he can stay on the field. That's where I'm going. And I, that was where my head was as well with Zach Allen. Um, you know, again, I, I was, yeah, I was thinking Zach Allen. If if injuries do come to bite, for sure, our Browning and or Gregory. Um, and I see some comments here about, you know, some people said it won't be Gregory. I think I had David here. Yeah, <laughs> Dave disagrees that. with me. <laughs> Gregory to injury prone probably will be Browning if he can stay healthy. Yeah, so, yeah well, that's just again, it's it's like yeah. it's yeah it's if they if they're not injured. Right. And I, I, I see the argument for Gregory. I mean, he does have that in him. You know, we, we, we've seen that in Dallas. If he's on the field, he's definitely a game changer. Um, he, he can definitely strip sack the quarterback. He, he can get his numbers. Um, but, you know, we have to see it. On, we have to see him on the field. And, you know, if he's gone, then, you know, these other folks like Zach Allen and or Baron Browning will definitely lead the team in sacks. Yeah, and, and they have to stay healthy, really. For this team to succeed on defense, they have to count on both Browning and Gregory being on the field and being impactful. If they miss a bunch of games, if they're not some of if they're not two of the sack leaders, then you know the injury bug hit again and the team is going to struggle getting after the quarterback. 
And in this day's game, you have to get to the quarterback and you have to get him on the ground. I'm not a fan of this. Let's create pressure anymore. You can do that against certain quarterbacks, but there are some quarterbacks that will just completely beat you under pressure. And there's one of them in the FC West that they have to get by in order to get back to the top of the heap. And that's Patrick Mahomes. He'll, he sliced apart the Philadelphia Eagles defense. They were getting pressure on him, but they could not get him sacked. And that cost him. I think if they'd have got two sacks in that second half, they would have won that game. They would have won the Super Bowl, but they couldn't do it. So they have to stay healthy. If they're not leading the team in sacks, something went wrong and they're struggling on defense. I'm going to say hello to Rodney Garcia coming in saying, good evening, Thomas and Ron and Broncos country. Hope all is well. Does anyone know the status of Javante Williams? Well, we talked a little bit about Javante Williams. I've talked about it several times. They they say he's on track. They think he'll be back. They're hoping for the start of the season. I doubt it. It's going to be more midseason. But my problem is, is he going to be the same player? And I don't think he will be for this first year back from the injury. I, I just don't think he will be. It's it's too hard of an injury to come back from. Now, maybe ne- you know the following season, he may be back to his old self. He may have fully healed up. I think it's wishful thinking to think that he will be back by midseason and playing at the same level we are all accustomed to seeing him play. So that that's my take on it. I, I think he's going to be... He's going to be, uh, you know, back a little bit, but not fully back. And and that, to me, that really hurts my heart because I love watching Javante Williams play. And I, just, I hope he does get back to his old self. But I think he'll be back earliest midseason, and he's going to have to develop a little bit, get get back his legs back under him. Yeah, thank you, Rodney, uh, for your comment and question. And I, I agree with Thomas. We We just don't. You know, again, they said he's had a schedule and he'll be ready for the season, but I, I have my doubts. Um, and then when he does come back on the field, yeah, how effective is he going to be? I mean, in what situations will they use him, right? And, you know, that, that's why it's paramount that we solidify this this running back room because, you know, we he can come back and be 50% maybe less than that, right? Because that that injury was very complex. Um, and, you know, we, we don't know how it's going to affect his running ability, especially the way he runs. You know, he, he he's a hard runner. You know, he, he shakes off tackles. And, you know, with that injury, all that will be affected. So we, we just don't know the plan when he is ready and how they're going to use him when he gets back. And there's also a mental thing too, getting over that injury and getting back to you, not just the physical healing and being back, you know, your knee is back the way it is. It's, it's the mental part of getting back into the game and knowing that that knee is going to hold up again. There's a, that you can't underestimate the time that it takes to recover from that. A lot of these uh, players go to, you know, sports psychologists and stuff to, to help them get back from. So there's a lot going on there. It's not the simple ACL tear that people have been able to come back from quickly anymore. So, I mean, I, I hope, I hope for his speedy recovery. I hope for him to be his old self. Like I said, he was a fan favorite, one of my favorites watching him run. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully he comes back. Yeah. And then we got Phil McLaughlin coming back in here. Thank you, Phil. You know, we always appreciate you. He says, I don't think we should ignore Allen or our new kid Sanders. He can be a real pressure guy. And I'm assuming this is talking about who will lead the team in sacks, going back to that point. And, Phil, I 
I, I don't even think we're, we're ignoring those two. Um, we, we, we did mention Allen for, for sure um, as being the guy that can definitely, you know, have his number of sacks. With Sanders, though, I, I'm just not sure. It's going to depend on, you know, how they use him. I, I can see them in pressure packages, he coming up and rushing the passer. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see Sanders out there. He's at least in the first year as a three-down backer, right? It's going to be special teams in certain defensive schemes and uh, pressure packages, situations that that they use him. But your point's not ignored at all. Like Sanders is a baller. Like the, the tape shows he flies around the football. Um, he's a above average tackler, can come up on the blitz, can do the pressure. So he's he's a very solid defender. Um, and but but hopefully Vance Joseph can use him correctly. <laughs> that's yeah. the problem. Because we did see what happened with Isaiah Simmons in Arizona. Yeah. Um, so that's the key. So if Vance Joseph can use him properly in those situations, sky's the limit for the kid for sure. Yeah. And I tweeted that out right away when I saw them draft Drew Sanders. Like that's going to be the the kind of movable piece that I thought they could do with Baron Browning when they decided to move him to edge. They thought they would be able to move him around, you know, put him at uh, different spots, but they really didn't. And then I realized yeah, Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator, and I kind of lost a little hope. Really, I, I think Drew Sanders is an Im- impactful player, and he can he can rush, he can blitz from any pretty much any gap. You know, he's got that well-rounded experience, but it's a lot to th- uh, you know to think that a third-round guy coming in rookie is going to be really impactful uh, as a pressure guy. I think I think they're going to bring him in in packages. I think they're going to give him some time in, you know, if you know, if there's not injuries, obviously if, if injuries force him into the starting lineup, then that's a different story, but I think they're going to bring him in, have some packages for him, move him around a little kind of Micah Parsons light. Hopefully that's what I'm hoping that he can do. But like you said, and, and you know, we looked at, at what Vance Joseph did with, with Isaiah Simmons, who's supposed to be a generational talent that could be all over the field playing everywhere. And it never really, you know, he did an okay job, but it wasn't otherworldly or anything. It wasn't his projection. So I don't know if that was as Isaiah Simmons just couldn't, you know, make it in the NFL as he did in college, you know, couldn't take that big leap or maybe it was Van Joseph not using him in in the right ways. But yeah, I I'm with you, Phil. I think he's going to be fun to watch down the road. I just, I think it's a lot to, to ask a, third round rookie to come in and and be really dynamic and and you know get all that pressure that uh, that we're hoping to see him i i want to temper our excitement for it, but i am excited i'm definitely excited yes um and again we, we'll see how they you know how they use them right again we we do anticipate those those pressure packages and again I, that could be good enough maybe after next season to get him that starting job. And obviously with Joey Z. Jules's um, situation, we, we just don't know. So um, definitely hope for the guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's brought it. He's definitely come in to kind of take over that Sternad role, right? I don't think Sternad's going to make the team if, if everybody still stays healthy, because you can't rely on him to come in and fill in as a starter. We saw him and he, he failed. I'm sorry. It just was a, a failure. That's why they went out and got Drew Sanders, I think to come in, fill in in that backup role when when necessary uh, to fill in as a starter, but play that special teams role that Sternad played pretty well. I thought he was a pretty good special teams guy, but I, I think you got somebody a little bit more athletic, a little bit more impactful, can play a little bit uh, a little bit different 
so to speak, like, you know, more packages, so to speak, than, than Stranad. And then obviously Josie Jewell's not going to be around too much longer because his contract is, is coming up. You, you got to plan for the future starter. I, I liked Griffith last year, got injured. So we don't really know what we, what we have in him. Right. So I think it was a good move. I just don't want to expect too much out of him. And we got Rodney coming in here. Rodney Garcia, thank you, sir. And this is a good question. Yes. Do you guys think Molly Riley Moss will take over Mathis's position at quarterback? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say it. No, I don't. Not not this year, unless there's injury. I, I thought Damari Mathis played really well towards the end of the season. And I, I think he's, uh, I think he's penciled in as the starter. I, I don't, I don't see Moss coming in and, and doing that right away. I think Moss is going to be a great special teams guy. I think, you know, this year, and then, you know, maybe down the road, he'll, he might take over. I, I don't know, but not, not next year, uh, not in 2023, unless Mathis has an injury or something unforeseen happens where he completely regresses. But I, I don't see it. I don't see it in 2023, even though I do like Riley Moss and people are saying he's the, you know, the, some people say he's the steal of the draft the the best value whatever, but I, I just, uh, I don't see him unseating Mathis after what I saw from Mathis last year. Yeah. You, you can't have, um, you know, Moss come in and kind of take over, especially what, what we saw from Mathis last year. I mean, again, Mathis had his learning curve last year as we saw, but once he got over that hump, he was, he was a solid corner besides Sertan. And I think hopefully, I know, again, I know we have Vance Joseph as our DC, but well, fingers crossed. Yeah, that's <laughs> on the condition that, you know, Vance Joseph can bring the best out of these, these players. But, you know, with more playing time in this defense, um, he was able to, you know, be step for step with the other team's receivers, the number two receivers, and he's a good tackler. So I would say as good as Riley Moss is, and he he was great. He he's a he's a good uh he's a good prospect. I don't see him overtaking Mathis's position at all, just because again, Mathis has been there already for a year. You know, he he knows the defense. Um and I think we still have to, or the Broncos still have to unlock Mathis's potential. Cause I think he could even be better. Yeah, no, I do too. And, and really, I mean, Moss is, is going to be a special teams guy. I mean, you, ha- you, don't, you can't forget that, uh, that uh, uh, Sean Payton went out and got a familiar face in, in uh, Traymond Smith as a co- experienced corner. So it's going to be tough for Moss. He's going to have to be very impressive to see a lot of time on the field on defense. Now, I think he's I think those first 3 picks that they made were special teams oriented right away. I think all 3 of them are going to be standouts special teams while they develop and be get more time on the field. I think all of them, I think Mims is going to be your punt returner. 
I think uh, I think you're going to see Sanders and Moss a lot on special teams coverages. And and let's face it, the Broncos have been poor on special teams. So that's not a knock. I'm not trying to knock them. I mean, that's a third phase of the game that needs to be improved dramatically. And I think those three were were definitely in mind when they were drafts were made that they could contribute well on special teams and develop into a, you know, really good in their respective defense and offensive positions. So I'm not trying to knock Riley Moss. I just think it's going to be hard for him to see the, the field on defense right away. Yeah. I, yeah. Then I agree with you, Thomas, in the sense of it's, they, they, they draft these players just for their special teams impact. Now I do expect some play designs against some packages, as we mentioned, right, in the Sanders case, that they will be out on the field, right? Some third down situations or, um, you know, some second down situations in the passing game, you know, for example, for Mims. But I, I think the core, what they're going to be doing mostly on this team is contributing in the special team drill. Yeah, and, and Rodney's got another question for us about the, the schedule here. I don't want to change the subject too much, but it's going to be interesting. Like, who do who do we think we're going to open up the season against? That's an interesting question, Ron. I, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of thought maybe the Jets, just because of the whole Nathaniel Hackett, got Aaron Rodgers, who we all thought was going to, you know, as a Broncos fan, we thought Nathaniel Hackett's going to get Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. Uh, I kind of thought that, but I'm, I'm not really sure, man. I, that's a hard question for me to to answer, but that would be an intriguing one for the NFL. But I think the Jets maybe has some other intrigue elsewhere that maybe kind of over overrides the intrigue of the ex-coach, ex-hope you know, to get that star quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, um, it may be someone – Maybe like the Dolphins or the Bears. I'm thinking, or are some are some initial thoughts as far as who they may open up against. Um, I, I do see that the, the Jets is intriguing because, although it may not be the season opener, I you know depending on when it comes out, the schedule it, I can see that maybe being like a prime time game, like like a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, you know, especially like as you mentioned, right with Hackett. Aaron Rodgers with the old team with Hackett. And so uh, that'll be intriguing if they declare that one a like a Sunday night game. But, I, you know, I think with the Broncos now trying to reset, um, I, I do expect someone like, again, the Bears, Dolphins, Vikings, maybe as kind of like an opener. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think the NFL thought they made a mistake after watching the Broncos fail so miserably. They had Seattle right on the first shot. So, you know, Sunday night or was it Sunday night or Monday? I can't even remember now, you know, the primetime game, you know, the whole rivalry now between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and all that. So maybe they're going to kind of go into it a little more cautiously this year. And you, you may be right, Ron, they're going to, you know, just, it's going to be a Sunday game, you know, somebody that we don't expect. I don't know, it, but I do, I do think they're going to pump up the jets, the whole, you know, link between them. I just, I thought maybe it would be the first game, but you, you know, you might be right. It's, it could be uh yeah, they're, they're a little gun shy, so to speak to, to jump on there. So. Yeah. And I do expect, you know, if the Broncos, you know, do well late in the season, you know, maybe some games flexed out, you know, yeah, in prime for time, sure. you know, for sure. But I, I think, you know, the, the, they've learned their lesson of, Let's not, you know, schedule 
five or something, you know, prime time games with Broncos when we just don't know, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to grab my man, Keith Brugman here. Thanks for coming in, Keith. It's good to see you tonight uh, on the Orange and Blue View with Ron and myself, Thomas Hall. Uh, so we got, he's saying, are we all on the Cushionberry train now? Or are we going to push for seventh round pick Forsyth? Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting because you, you've heard me, Keith, talk about uh, Cushionberry many, many times and how I think Sean Payton thinks that he can be the guy because he liked him coming out of college and he thinks that he can he can do something different that, that we haven't seen out of Cushionberry. So I think we all kind of have to be on the Cushionberry train, right, to, to start out because he's, he's penciled in as the starter. I, I'm not happy about it. I was hoping that the Broncos – would uh, draft somebody earlier in the draft that could step in and, and really challenge Cushionberry for that starting job. I like Forsyth. And, you know, the uh, uh, there, there's been support for him, really. I mean, Jeff Schwartz came out and said, you know, he's going to be a great pick. I think his, you know, they talked about his draft process, right, that he kind of went the wrong way. He he shouldn't have went with the testing and he should have went to, you know, played the, you know, the senior bowl or whatever, and, and really showcased his talents on the field, as opposed to going and showcasing his, you know, lack of athletic skills. And that really dropped him down. But, you know, you know, with a, with a little bit of development, I think he could be a pretty good player, but I, it would be a stretch to think that he's going to really push Cushenberry in year one for that starting role. I, I think if anyone's going to push Cushenberry, it's, it's their one year, free agent signing Kyle Fuller that may, may do it more than, than the, the rookie. I, I don't know what you think, uh, Ron. Yeah. Thank you, Keith, for your question. We always appreciate you. Um, well, I, I think we, we somewhat have to be on the Cushionberry train, Keith. It's, you know, this is a former third round pick. You know, we had high hopes for Cushionberry. We want him to succeed. We want him to do well. So, you know, given that, we, we, we somewhat have to be on this train. Now, it all is going to depend on how it shakes out in camp, right? Of You know, if Alex Forsyth comes in, gives him a run for his money, and, you know, you know plays better than him, then definitely we can see Forsyth out there. But, you know, I, I think right now, given what the Broncos have outside of Forsyth that they just drafted and then maybe bring in Fuller. I mean, Cushionberry is all we have. So we have to hope that he can do well with this new coaching. And, and again, we, we want him to. I, I'm not saying I'm I'm on the train per se, but I, I, I do I do want him to succeed. I do want him to succeed for sure. And, and I, I want him to get it right. And hopefully we can have some sort of stability at center. But you know, again, only one can hope, and we, we'll just have to see. And the problem is, too, is if he does succeed, he's probably gone, right? He's unrestricted free agent after the season. So if he does succeed in high fashion, people are going to be coming after him to try and sign him because everybody – I liked him coming out of LSU. I thought he was a steal at the third round, and I was wrong. I think a lot of other people did as well. So – you know, if he plays really well, they're going to have to bid for his services, and that's that's unfortunate. So it's a good that they did they did get a developmental guy to come in. So I hope he pans out, like you said. But uh, you know, either way, he's probably not going to be in orange and blue after the season. Got Gary Palmer coming in with some support. Thank you so much, Gary. Appreciate it. We always appreciate seeing you on here. And he says, "Hey guys, 
The reality is these picks are for next year, and a few will be starters, but that doesn't mean they won't be impactful. Go Broncos and Buckham. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Gary. It's true. I mean, like I said, it's going to be a stretch to see any of them getting a lot of starter time. And if you think about it, second round, bottom of the second round, historically, it's less than 50-50 that they even become a primary starter in their entire career, let alone in year one, right? It's it's less than 50%. And then you round three guys, it's even it's even lower. It's more more down the line of 30% of being primary starters for their career, let alone in year one. But yeah, I think they're going to make their impact on special teams. And I think you'll see some packages where they may make impact. I, I, I'll tell you, I, I think Mims is a, is a good signing. I thought, I think he's going to be able to do what Montreal Washington couldn't. Not that I'm down on Montreal Washington. I don't want him kicked off the team. He struggled for sure, but I thought he could be that kind of, you know, an immovable piece on offense uh, in in certain packages. I think they just completely misused him last year. They they let his confidence get hurt after those fumbles, and you know they kept putting him out there. So I I don't think they did right by Montreal Washington. But you're right, Gary. I think you're going to see some. Some plays for them on defense and offense if if injuries don't force them into the lineup. But you're going to see their impact on special teams. That's that's one thing in year one. And hopefully by year two, you're going to see Mims step into a bigger role. You're going to see Drew Sanders step into a bigger role. I don't know about Moss stepping into a bigger role with the young guys having cornerback, you know, and uh, Quan Williams still under contract. Uh, that'll be hard, hard pressed to get him on the field, but you're going to see them definitely get a little bit bigger role down the road. So thanks, Gary. Thank you, Gary, for generosity. You know, we always appreciate you. And I, I agree with you and Thomas that, you know, the, these picks will have an impact. Now, again, granted, we're not going to see them in a lot of um, starting situations, right? Well, you will see them in, Again, different package situations on defense, i.e. Sanders, obviously special teams, Mims, punt returner. Um, and in certain play designs that Sean Payton runs, you can see Mims lined up as well. So I can definitely see a big impact from all of these uh, draft picks just in the first year. Um, but again, they may not start, but that doesn't mean, to your point, that they won't be impactful. So I definitely agree. Yeah. And, and they're going to have to become impact players. At least one or two of them over the next couple of years have to become impact players. The reason why the Broncos have been bad, it, it, uh, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is they have missed on those middle round drafts. They didn't get lucky and get impact players. You look at the Chiefs, right? They've dominated the Broncos. And I hate the fact that I have to say that, but they have. But part of it has been because they found mid to late round players in the draft who became impact players. You had, you got Kelsey, you, you know, you had Tyreek Hill, you had some, a couple defenders that, you know, you had players that stepped up and became impact players and they weren't expected to be, but you have to hit on them. So these sub, at least one of these players, if, if the Broncos expect to get back into relevancy and compete for the AFC West and compete for Super Bowls, they have to hit on some of these guys that aren't expected to pan out. So when I'm looking at it, you have that's the safety Skinner or or Drew Sanders. Somebody has to be that impact player. It has to happen in the next couple of years because one, they don't have the first round draft choice in order to have that impact player. But it's even if they did, even if those first rounders, they still need more to compete because other teams have done a better job of finding those gems. So in my mind, it has to happen. 
one of these guys has to step up and be an impact player, surprises everybody, and uh, help get those Broncos back to that winning ways that we're used to. And that, that's my feeling on it. And if they don't, then we're in for a, a long, another, you know, even longer time of seeing mediocrity. Yep. I, I agree 100%. And Rodney coming in here. Thank you, Rodney Garcia. He says, Mems is going to take Hamler's job. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, you are correct. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's the reason they, they, they drafted Mems, to, to be that speedy, threat down the field, um, obviously, and Montreal Washington, right, to be used as that returner. Um, and so Mims, hopefully stay healthy, you know. He he will come in and provide a big impact to this offense. And, like, we all were high on Hamler, right? We saw the tape at Penn State, you know, the, the speed. Um, and we saw glimpses of it in Denver. It's just the injuries, man. You know, it's 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 sad, um, but you know, with Mims here, I, I think we'll start to see this offense take shape um, in Peyton's eyes, and he'll definitely be that replacement for Hamler for sure. I'll tell you, I think barring injury, you're not going to see Hamler or Albert O in orange and blue in 2023. I think if Hamler has a pretty good preseason, that first couple games. Alberto plays a little bit, shows what he can do. I think they're going to try and get something, even late round picks for them before the season starts. That's my feeling. Unless unless some wide receivers go down, I, I think you're going to see those two uh, put out there tra- as trade bait, hoping to get something for them late in the rounds. And they should. You, you don't need three KJ Hamlers on the team. You've, you've And that's what you have. You have him, Washington, and now Mims. You don't need all three of them, right? And you, you, they went out and traded for uh, Trotman as a tight end. You, you've got the tight ends that you need. So go out and see if you can get something for these young players. Some teams maybe hope that they stay healthy and can and can provide an impact for them. I mean, look what uh, look what Peyton got for Trinity Benson from the Lions two years ago in preseason. Right? He went out and got a, I think, a sixth rounder for him. And he never ended up really playing for the team. And, and then he ended up coming, you know, coming back and signed on the practice squad for a while in the Broncos. So I think they can get something for him. And I, I, I hope they do, because I think for their sake, they need to, they need to play, you know, they have playing time. So hopefully they can go somewhere where they get that. Yes. Agreed. And we got Phil McLaughlin coming in here again. Thank you, Phil. As always, he asked, did we, or will we bring in a kicker and a punter this year? We brought in a punter already. Broncos brought in a, they 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 uh, got rid of uh, uh, Waitman and, and brought in Riley Dixon. So they already have their their punter who they think is is the man, right? Uh, they, and they should. My mind, and I said this when they were trying to go get Mark uh, uh, King there um, that didn't that had the Marquette King. Sorry, I was like, why are you getting rid of Riley Dixon? He's a young up and coming punter, and you let him go, and he went and had a pretty good career. Now you bring him back, so. That's my feeling. I think they need to bring in uh, competition for McManus as a kicker. They didn't draft one because they didn't have the five picks to do it. But, uh, I mean, they didn't have enough picks. They only had five to really go after a kicker. But they should bring in competition for him at least. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Um, hopefully, like I said, with Dixon coming here, it should be better. And definitely competition at kicker. Um, I, I think a lot of people know my thoughts on McManus. <laughs> um, he used to be money, and he's – 
make misses now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's really a coin flip with him. So someone coming in to help him with competition, I think would be great for the Broncos. Yeah, for sure. And I think we got David McGillrath coming in. Sorry, we haven't uh, jumped on you here for a while and, and brought your comments in, but I think he disagrees with us a little bit. He, he says all six players drafted will make impacts in their rookie year. That's why they are drafted. That's a good point that you make, David. It depends on what you're talking about as impact. When I'm talking about like an impact player, I'm talking about somebody that is good enough to be recognized for those awards, you know, the, the all pro or the, uh, the uh, you know, maybe a pro bowl, that type of impact. When you're saying like an impact of, of making a play here and there that, that is really impactful. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I hope so. I'm just, I, I don't, it's hard to think that all of these players are going to see much time on the field. Some of them definitely, definitely will, but some of them may not even see time on the field for a while. So that's where I'm coming from when I say impact, like they develop into that player that you you're like that, that guy should be getting an, a, an award for that season because he did so well, but yes, I think they will all make some sort of impact. And I think it's on special teams. I think Mims is your punt returner. I think Traymond Smith is your kick returner, which pushes Marshall Washington off the off the uh, off the team, or at least on the bench, right? And then I think Sanders and Moss, and even Skinner are going to be very impactful on those coverage teams. I think they're going to. That's where they're going to make their most impact. But hopefully, like I said, they pan out and they make impact on offense and defense as well. Yeah. Again, thanks, David. And. I, I I agree with you as well that I think all will make an impact. It just depends on, I guess, where you where do you see that impact? Now, for me, you know, the one, the two of the biggest issues with this team has been the playing offense and the horrible special teams all these years. And to Thomas's point, I see these players coming in and contributing on the special teams. And it could only go up from here on the special teams. And (laughs) so them coming in, getting those snaps on special teams should should be an impact in itself. We we should start to see an immediate improvement on special teams, you know, with the veterans that we have and these rookies that we just drafted. And then once they get more playing time and kind of get to understand the system more, you know, from a long term perspective in years two and three and four and so on and so forth we'll start to see them, you know, shape and form into their own, you know, being out there as a starter and definitely just taking this team to a different level. But yeah, I I think all of them from the start, from day one will definitely be an impact. And I see that impact being more on special teams, but I also see within starting snaps on offense and defense, them making a big contribution. And they have to, like I said, they, they have to pan out if the Broncos are going to, you know, make that next step. They can't just rely on great coaching and, le- and less talent. It's just it at, at some point you just the talent wins out and they have to. So health and talent will win out. And that's what they need to have happen with these rookies. So with that said, Ron, I think we're winding down here. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week and a wonderful evening and we will see you. I'll see you on Saturday with mile high insiders with Luke Patterson. Since we did the old switcheroo, I'll also see, hopefully see you on Friday for legends of mile high, but 
all, you know, all of us here in my huddle, we have a different perspective. So check out all of the shows, check out all the, my high huddle shows. They're all good. They all have a different perspective. Check us out. We all write, we all put stuff out there, a little more detail in the writing, hopefully for you to, uh, uh, you know, to peruse. So anyway, thank you so much, Ron. Uh, anything, any last words before we, uh, before we close it up? Uh, no. So I, again, uh, we'll see how these rookies pan out uh, again, hoping that it, I agree with everybody that they will have an impact. And as Keith says here, please smash that like button, share and subscribe. Um, but yeah. Thank you very much, Keith. And thank you all. And have a great evening, Broncos country. We will see you next time. Bye. Thank you.